0: Kia ora and welcome to my daily podcast, The Chorus on the Kaka. This is a podcast I do with an email and newsletter that goes out every day to paid subscribers to the Kaka, which is my substack, in which I talk about housing affordability, climate change and child poverty with a particular lens around finance, economics and politics. Today I wanted to focus on a couple of things that are big news and one which I think should be big news. Firstly um, you will have seen over the last few hours that stock markets globally have fallen quite sharply, as much as 5% for the NASDAQ overnight. Now that's a belated response to the US Federal Reserve's decision to put up its Fed funds rate which is the equivalent of the official cash rate uh, by 50 basis points. That was the biggest increase in the Fed funds rate in over 20 years and uh, signals that the Fed is very, very serious about putting up its interest rates to try and solve inflation, which is well over 7% at the moment in the United States. Yesterday, uh, immediately after the decision, markets actually rallied 3%. uh, In particular, they liked comments from the Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, that the next couple of rate hikes were more likely to be the same 50 basis points than perhaps the 75 basis points that financial markets had begun to think was possible. So there was an initial rally. They've thought the better of it over, over overnight and decided that actually higher interest rates aren't good for economic growth, for profitability and therefore for share values and also higher interest rates makes bonds and other uh, uh, cash deposit type uh, instruments slightly more attractive relatively than shares. We'll see whether this turns into a much bigger route. Uh, However, um, when you look at what's happened to the NASDAQ this year, that's the tech index, that's down over 20%. So that's um, clearly in what they call bear market territory and is a substantial fall. There's a bunch of things going on here that I think is worth looking at. Remember, when interest rates rise, you're more likely to see asset values fall because bonds become more attractive. And conversely, when interest rates fall, you're likely to see assets like shares and property and land rise in value. So that's why I focus so much on interest rates. New Zealand is special because we have the most expensive housing in the world, and it's risen by the most in the world over the last couple of years. And it's really been the defining event in our political economy in the last couple of years in and around COVID and yesterday the Reserve Bank uh, Governor and his deputy so that's Adrian Orr and uh, Christian Hawkesby, spoke before the uh, Finance and Expenditure Select Committee and was questioned by a few MPs including Nicola Willis the National Party's finance spokesperson and Chloe Swarbrick, who is the Green Party MP on that committee, and Duncan Webb, who is the chair of the committee and a Labor MP. They challenged the Reserve Bank Governor about the Reserve Bank's decision to print $55 billion and buy government bonds, to slash the official cash rate, and to remove loan-to-value ratio controls in early 2020, as the COVID outbreak uh, broke out, uh, which eventually, along with a bunch of other things, led to house prices rising 45%. He was challenged. So this is Adrian Orr. Was challenged to justify the bank's decisions and to um, uh, see to, and to see if he had any regrets. Uh, he said he didn't have any regrets that uh, he reacted to the information in front of him at that time and also made the joke that um, he regrets not buying Apple shares in the year 2000. Uh, He also said essentially that uh, the MPs should take a deep breath and uh, think about the bigger picture and in particular what was going on at the time when they criticised the Reserve Bank for allowing inflation to get out of control, or that's their criticism, Some other interesting bits and pieces. Uh, You might recall that this week the Reserve Bank said that it was plausible that house prices could fall 30% and that house prices were still above their sustainable levels. On Wednesday, the Reserve Bank was reluctant to say what it thought the actual sustainable level was. But uh, but, uh, the um, Governor and Deputy Governor were pressed repeatedly on this in the Select Committee hearing. And eventually admitted that uh, the sustainable level was somewhere between 5 and 20% below where house prices were now. So um, that's sort of interesting. Remember, when interest rates rise, uh, otherwise, uh, if there were no other uh, factors, then house prices would fall. So that's um, an interesting thing to keep an eye on if you're worried about house prices and uh, the problem that we have with housing affordability. Now, the other big thing that's happened in the last couple of years, which uh, we all sort of know, but we've got some new numbers out overnight, which give us a clearer idea of how many people are alive today in New Zealand because of the decisions we made in early 2020 to lock down the country. So uh, how many people would have died if we had the same COVID policies and experience as other similar countries? Let's say the United Kingdom. So the World Health Organization came out with its official estimates of what we know of as the excess, excess deaths measure. You may be asking, what are we talking about here? Well, we obviously have an idea on what the official death toll is for COVID here and all around the world. Uh, the official death toll is at the end of 2021, according to uh, World and Data, uh, a collator of data, was that it was around about 5 million people globally in the two years of the COVID outbreak of 2020 and 2021. Well, the World Health Organization has gone through and worked out what it actually would be if you counted every single death. Essentially, you work out what your normal mortality rate was in any normal year, and then you work out how many people actually died in that year. And uh, assuming that there haven't been any any other major issues, you can calculate how many people actually died because of COVID uh, without having to measure every single death. And the excess death total for the world over 2020 and 2021 was around about 14.6 million people so that's around about three times more than the official death toll. So what does this mean for New Zealand? Now we know that we had a lower death toll than pretty much every other country during COVID but not only that our number of deaths uh, was actually lower than a normal year. And we know that's because um, we were all locked up and we were using masks. And so there were fewer people who died of normal things like colds and they didn't catch the cold and a whole bunch of people weren't driving. Therefore, they didn't crash and die. And there weren't people playing sport or um, walking over mountains and falling off them. So we actually had fewer people die than would normally be the case during those two years of COVID. And uh, When you look at that, uh, we actually have seen a significant difference between our death rate in the last two years and what it would have been if we'd followed the same example as the UK. Now, I've gone through the data sets that have come out from the World Health Organization this morning and worked out that if we had had the same COVID experience as Britain, New Zealand would have had 36,300 extra deaths than we actually ended up having so you could say that 36,300 new zealanders are alive today or actually at the end of 2021 more than would have been the case if we'd had the same experience in britain now you could argue maybe we would have done a lot better than britain or maybe a lot worse But that gives you a sense of how many people are alive today because of the decisions we collectively took and the actions we took, particularly in early 2020. Now, there have obviously been a lot more deaths so far in 2022, which will reduce that number somewhat. We don't have the data from the World Health Organization on 2022 yet. All we have is up to the end of 2021. But that number, I think, is useful to know, 36,300 New Zealanders are alive today, who wouldn't have been if we had taken the same COVID measures as Britain, for example. I'm Bernard Hickey, that was my daily podcast that goes out with a daily email newsletter via, the, via Substack called The Kaka, and I'd like to thank paid subscribers who support the work I do covering climate change, housing affordability and child poverty. Ka